Too many settings. <laughs> Computer. All right, we're good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, we on? Yes. Oh, we're, we're recording. Hello. Hola. <laughs> G'day, Bretto. Hey, mate. Sammy. How you doing? Good. What's going on? A lot. Just uh, overcome a few technical difficulties. <laughs> One hour of technical difficulties. There was no overcoming. <laughs> One star. <laughs> oh, well. What can you do? Love What's that. been going on? What's this little project you guys are working on? I'll let you start, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Predo and I have been trying to work on a little clip together for, I'd probably say, the best part of maybe 18 months now. 18 months? Yeah. Um, it hasn't been through lack of trying. Actually, it has been through lack of trying a little bit. Um, but, yeah, just trying to align our schedules and make something happen when we're both in the same place at the same time. Yep. So how did it come about? Um, Bredo approached me um, about doing a little clip kind of telling his story with, I guess we're referring to it as the incident now. Is that <laughs> right, Bredo? Uh, whatever, whatever seems most creative to you. you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll roll with the incident. Um, but for anyone not familiar, Brett obviously was bitten by a shark nearly four years ago now or over four years ago now. Over four years ago. Um, and we're yeah, trying to best tell the, the story around that and kind of his recovery. Um, kind of, yeah, how inspirational that is to a lot of people and, and me as well. Um, I can't believe it's been four years, Bruno. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been, um, I don't know, it feels like it's been a really quick four years. I think a lot's happened in that time. So it's part of the reason why it feels like it's, it's gone so quick. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to kind of look back at something that was four years ago and kind of, I don't know, every time I, t- I tell my story, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. Like you can always put yourself there and tell it like it was yesterday. Um, especially when, when you're telling the actual story, but yeah, I suppose like the, the whole point of the video is to kind of give the, the insight into what it takes to come back from something like that. Um, yeah. And Such a mammoth task to come back from an injury like that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, that's the idea of the clip, but the, the recovery, as you'd probably call it, like that's ongoing. So even though it's been four years, it's still, still happens like every, every day. So I think that's kind of the thing where even though we are further down the track now, it's still as relevant as what it was, you know, a month after it happened or six months after it happened. So I think that's kind of the, the cool thing about it. And one thing I want a lot of people to, to take away from, from the video of the little clip is that like everything that you do, like, you know, no matter what setbacks you have, like the, the comeback or the recovery or whatever it is from that, that's an ongoing thing. Like for, for your whole life that you've, you're always dealing with these things, whether it's physically or mentally, but they're all always a part of sort of who you are in a way. Yeah, for sure. So rehab wise, you're looking as fit as you've ever looked and how much is that like this whole experience has changed your lifestyle and like how much do you incorporate rehab into your day-to-day activity now? Uh, yeah, it's changed my lifestyle massively. Like I, it's, it's funny, like I hadn't been in a gym until like 
was like three months before it happened. So like when in the lead up to when it happened, I, I decided I wanted to um, jump on a few of the QS events in Australia and see sort of where I was at. Um, so I'd actually been training with Tommy Baker just to try and get a bit stronger and get a little bit fitter to prepare for that. Um, but that was only for three months. Like I was a full greenhorn when it came to like being in the gym. <laughs> and when I came out of it and in my recovery, that's when it kind of turned into, I was basically at physio every single day. I was just part of the furniture. So, um, especially in those initial stages, like the, the gym was super important. And when you make something like that habit and you are doing it every day, that's when it, it kind of does become a really big part of your life. So, I mean, I still train, you know, four to five days a week, um, whether it be specific stuff on my leg or just general fitness. Um, yeah, as you guys know, there's other things that I kind of work on now that, um, more just as, as an extra challenge based off the back of what I've, I've kind of overcome. So the training does change a little bit, um, but I still do those rehab-based sessions, which are about building strength and maintaining strength and, and all of that. Um, so that's all pretty much just like a part of, you know, what I do on a week-to-week basis is just kind of that non-negotiable bit where I've got to go to the gym a certain amount of days, uh, which is, you know, never a bad thing to put into your life. Yeah, if you if you stop that, would would you see a decline in how your leg operated? Um, it's hard to say. I don't really have much of a case study to go off there. Um, mm. It feels like it probably would. Like even like when if I go away for a couple of weeks and I don't get to have like a, a proper training session, like I can feel I can feel a little bit of a change. I don't know how much of that is mental and how much of it is actually like. I'm sure research would show that, you know, muscle's not going to break down that easily. But I think a lot of it is just the, the mental aspect of if you're getting in the gym every day and working at something, you, you're going to feel stronger. Um, and for me, the moment I stopped doing that, I, I feel like I take almost like steps backwards, not in like a self yeah. way, but in a way that it kind of just, you know, when I do get the chance to go back to the gym, it feels heaps better. Yep, for sure. And uh, so you like your leg is – you're missing a fair chunk of your leg and it baffles me and probably everybody that knows like what your leg is like, but you're still operating at like normal capacity. How, how have you jumped that hurdle? Um, I'm going to say a large part of it's luck um, based (laughs) on how much of my quad I actually lost. Um, so like when, when you look at the parts of my quad that I lost, uh, the VMO, which I kept like that, that's a big part that actually controls the knee. So being able to do that means that I can do simple things like walk and run, um, which, you know, you talk to anyone who's had something serious happen and they're like, I would give, you know, you talk to an amputee who's, you know, been amputated to, to the hip and they're like, I'd give, you know, half a life or or 10 years of my life to just have an extra 15 centimetres. And I was just lucky enough to have that extra 15 centimetres that allowed me to do so much more. Um, Mm. On top of that, like, it's just lucky that, you know, when they implanted my lat muscle um, just to mainly cover the bone, they're like, it's a lot of the times it's just to make sure that the um, bone doesn't decay and the muscle's not going to do much. But that's something that I've noticed as well has grown over time. Like it, it was basically just there as a, 
a gap filler, but it's actually kind of grown into like a, a weird little like bicep shaped muscle, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of weird to look at. But, um, but yeah, as, as I've been lucky enough to have those muscles that can kind of work together, it's more just about, been about training them to um, like, you know, the, the, I don't know how, I think this is how it was explained to me. I'm not sure how correct it is, but like the muscle fibers within the lat, they are completely different to your quads. So you have to retrain your muscle to do the job of the leg rather than the back. I think they're yeah. going to be in a similar way, but the, you still have to train it to, to do that. I'm not sure, you know, how, how much that entails, but yeah, a lot of that process is just about, you know, spending time doing the little things. Yeah, for sure. So you've been in the gym watching Bretto like jump these massive step ups and pushing all kinds of weight around with his leg and running around like how inspirational has that been for you? Well, I mean, my my first, I guess, the thing that impressed me the most was seeing Brodo surf again. We were recently on yeah. a trip to Bali together um, with the DP crew and I was kind of blown away by, yeah, the level that he was surfing at. Um, and then when we made the call to start shooting this clip together, we kind of floated the idea of jumping in the gym and um, – I've seen a bunch on his Insta stories um, and always been pretty impressed. Um, but then when we got to shoot and some stuff, um, I think the thing that stood out most for me is that we kind of went from one exercise to the other. And apart from the ropes, which is bloody tiring for anyone involved, um, just kept powering on through, you know, each exercise. I know my trainer who helped us out, shout out Georgie for letting us use the gym. Um, she, yeah, she was also really impressed. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Watching that little um, preview clip that you sent me and Bretto's jumping up. What is that? Like a meter and a meter? I don't know. I think it's Do you know, know Bretto? No, I don't know how high it is. It's, it's a blue and a green box. <laughs> Bloody high. <laughs> As they call it in the industry. I think it might have been like 36 inch and 26 inch. Sure. that yeah but it's pretty high yeah just seeing your leg operate during that jump it's like fire out it's unbelievable the power that you're getting out of it like yeah that i think that part baffles me as well like because <laughs> it's a lot of the things like i don't have to think about like you kind of just do them as normal and there's certain bits where i'm weaker in and certain bits where you know, I don't really notice it too much. Um, but because I don't think about it, sometimes it can catch me out. Like I can just be walking down the street and my left leg will like collapse underneath me and I've got to like catch myself. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's, it's weird like that. I think it just does that every now and then just to remind me. It's like, hey, <laughs> remember how lucky you are. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, it's, a, it's I find I'm the same. Like when I look at that clip of the box jump, I'm like it's pretty incredible that, you know, that's, basically like when you look at that footage it's just like the the bone pretty much like yeah. like yeah it, it's pretty crazy so i think the fact that i can still do that stuff means that i do enjoy being able to go to the gym and kind of work on it um, yeah brett has got hops yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean big basketball fan so i was mainly just doing it to impress him the whole gym thing i was just trying to impress sam and georgie that's all <laughs> <laughs> it worked consider me impressed <laughs> Yeah, what is the outcome of this video? Like, what are you hoping to get out of it? Um, 
So initially I kind of wanted it to like the main reason I went to Sam in the first place was to kind of just be able to tell my story in a brief sort of way that, that looked cool. Um, I've always kind of tried to have a bit of an eye of, of the creative thing. And then when I mentioned it to Sam and he showed me a couple of videos that he'd seen, um, I was like, okay, you can probably, we can probably make this more than just like a little bit of a story. Um, and I mean, I can, it'd be good for me in the line of work that I do, um, especially the stuff kind of based around mindset um, and kind of having a positive mindset on the back of a bad situation um, definitely helps in the realm of, um, of mental health, which I'm doing a lot of work in now. Um, but the other part of that, and I think the bit that Sam's really good at is just kind of being able to tell a, a good story. Um, yeah. Something, something that people can watch and enjoy and, if, if people can take something out of it, then that's that's a bonus as well. Yeah, absolutely. What about for you, Sam? Uh, where I wanted to go? Yeah, yeah. I think initially I, I was I've always been pretty um, pretty impressed and pretty inspired with Brett's story, and obviously spending more time with him recently, like feeling like I could do a good job of telling it, was something that kind of rang true a little bit. Um, and obviously I wanted to kind of work on, on it in the way that Brett wanted to, but as it started to come together, I kind of thought we could maybe submit this to a few festivals and, um, yeah, get his story out there to a wider audience because I'm pretty happy with the, um, outcome of where it's at at the moment. So if we can get it to a wider audience and yeah, have them pull something from it that means something to them, then that would be awesome. Yeah. Crazy. It's a bloody epic story. Yeah. As my old man says, Americans bloody love sharks. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the shark part is only the beginning, but like it's all about how you not let that define you and you've come back from it. Like the way you've come back is super inspiring and just mind boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. I'm, I'm glad that you say it like that because when when we were in the gym and um, like Georgie asked the same question, she was like, what do you actually want the, the whole thing to kind of be about? And I was like, well, I haven't really told Sam this yet, but the idea behind it is is kind of like based off my experience and how I deal with people and how they think about like my my incident attack, shark attack, whatever you call it. Um, like the that's kind of how... I think a lot of people, it'd be easy to be remembered as, you know, the guy that got attacked by a shark. I still, you know, I'll see people, I saw multiple people this week that will be like, oh, you're that guy that got bitten by the shark or whatever. And like, that's, it's a, a strange reception. Like it's still a strange reception. Like I, people don't often really know how to, to respond, but um, the, the sort of vision I had around the clip is that like what you, what you experience in life and those obstacles or speed bumps or whatever you want to call them, like they're, they're what shape how you interact with the world and, and what you, um, yeah, kind of, you know, what they shape what steps you have to take, but the actions that you actually take after that, that should be what defines who you are. And that should really be how people remember you, not as the guy that got bitten by the shark, but the guy that overcame the shark attack. And I think that's kind of the... the Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. For sure. I... Um- I think it was Sam was telling me your name idea, your idea for naming this video project. And um, that was pretty, it was like super 
left field, but like so bang on. Do you want to go into what that is? Um, where do you, uh, we'll start, I'll get Sam to explain it a bit because we were kind of getting stuck on titles for about a week. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember what was the what was the first one that I sent to you. Um, epidermis. <laughs> yeah, so, something like that, and it was it was about finding something kind of from beneath the skin. And also, you can take the literal meaning. And what did you come up with, Luke? I think it was defined because there's a line in it about not being defined by the attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Bredo, Bredo came to me and he was kind of like, what are those plants that need fire to germinate bushfires? Plants. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I jumped on Google and then, yeah, pyrophytes or pyrophiles they're called, but we thought that wouldn't be such a good, good name. <laughs> What'd you say, Brett? I think it was one autocorrect away from a really bad time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know what the actual title that we've properly decided on. Is it pyrophyte or pyrophytic? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to pronounce it pyrophytic, but pyrophytic makes a lot more sense now I've said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> pyrophytic sounds good. Open to interpretation. I don't know how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah it, it makes sense, like, the shark attack was a baptism of fire and you've come out of it with a whole new life, yeah. basically. Flourishing would be the word we use. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, modest. I didn't want to go too deep into the floral metaphor. Lots of foliage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm, I think we've, I don't know, have we decided on that name, Sam? <laughs> I think it's pretty locked in. I definitely can't think of anything better and it's still resonating with me a few days later. That's good. Well, it's talked about on a podcast, so it's, it's got to be locked in now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, kind of, it's hard to think of a title because you, I don't know how much weight the actual title holds itself, but it's cool to be able to look at you know, the whole. And that's, that's what I reckon is the cool thing about when we look back on the entire sort of thing is being able to like start from the idea and then go through like the filming and then all the stuff with Sam, you know, in the gym and like with the drone doing the paddling and, and all that other filming stuff. Cause Sam is, has a knack for making average situations look really good, which is, which is cool. And like the stuff that we did in the gym, I've showed to a few people and they're like, I showed it to, to my boss and he was like, man, I want him to do like a bunch of my videos. <laughs> so it's like being able to, to put all that stuff together and then have a cool name and then hopefully get you to do like a bit of artwork around sort of the title and stuff. It, it, it's kind of cool being able to bring together a bunch of your really good talented mates to, to be able to create something like that. Like for me, it, it's more than just the video. It's being able to create something, you know, as, as, a, as a group. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, feedback. Um, yeah, I'd be stoked to come on board and do a little artwork title. That'd be sick. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us on. Um, Figured you needed the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a struggling artist, as always. <laughs> um, but, yeah, how, how far along into the filming are we with this thing? I'd say we're pretty close to finish. It all depends on how long we want it to end up. Um, it's currently sitting at about three minutes, I think. Um, but 
I feel like there's potential to make it even longer if we wanted to send it to a festival so it would hold a bit of weight with an audience so it wasn't something that you kind of view in passing. Yeah, I, I reckon feel- you can go to 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, but we definitely need to spend some more time filming together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a slow-mo Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he was the star, I reckon, in the gym. Absolutely, yeah. I've still got to edit those clips. He's got to, he's got to step it up on the gram. <laughs> how, how, um, how much footage do you reckon you have? Currently, I think we'd probably like be stretching it to hit four and a half, five minutes. Um, yeah, I think, I think maybe we'd be able to have a cut that was kind of ready for the internet and then maybe one that we would send out to a festival that goes into a little bit more depth. Um, but it's just working out how we extend extend that in a way that isn't kind of drawing it out for the sake of making it longer. You know, it has to kind of add to the story. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're a master at that and it's looking pretty damn good. <laughs> Thanks. I've been shooting one-minute clips for the last three years, so I'm a bit out of touch. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would want to add into it, Proto? Um, yeah, I, on top of sort of everything that I've been through, like on and like adding that bit of extra adversity, I think it's cool having Sam working on kind of like a lot of the rehab stuff because he's someone that's been through two shoulder operations in the last what is it two years? Um, like try to, try to put it behind me, thanks, Brett. Last <laughs> <laughs> thing, like I've uh, your your I suppose operations and that were different because they were they were planned and you could kind of look ahead to them, but you still had to put in the hard work and like you were saying the same thing to me, like you weren't really used to being in a gym. And I think like you, you're another person that can kind of vouch for using that as like, it's not only the gym, but being able to kind of track progress after an adversity is something that's really, really cool. And I think gives you that, like it definitely gives me the appreciation for anything else other people go through, whether it's big or small, like, um, there's no difference really between, you know, a shark attack and, and a shoulder reconstruction to, you know, whatever an injury may be. Um, like I'd seem to hurt myself every couple of months, but the recovery is still always like the same. Like it's a, a, every little journey is different. And I think that's kind of the, the cool thing as well, having Sam and having that perspective too. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so you're not putting in the time in the gym? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, I definitely put the time in the gym kind of post-op um, and spent a lot of time, I guess you would say, prehabbing beforehand. So I was as yeah. strong as I could possibly be. Uh, but my shoulders were pretty ruined beforehand and, and now they're in a lot better state um, than they were. Um, but it's, yeah, it's much much like Brett, it's kind of an ongoing thing. You, you're still kind of always striving to be a little bit better than you are currently and, um, yeah, trying to progress, I guess, in every way that you can. It's, yeah, you, you, it's like having new arms basically. Yeah, for sure. Who else has seen it? Who, who's got to have a little sneak preview? Um, I don't know. I, sh- I showed um dill and dan both my bosses because they're they're both people that i kind of i don't know when you work for someone you you seek that bit of approval so um (laughs) so they're they're both people that i've showed and um yeah i think like dan dan was 
stoked to be able to kind of, I suppose, you see the side that works with the mental health um, and being able to use it to help people that way. And I think Dill, Dill was just like, fuck, fuck that's pretty inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the, the type of person that really loves the story behind things. And um, it's kind of cool to have two, two people that look at it differently and, and be able to, um, I suppose, appreciate it in different ways. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much everyone that I've showed so far. I've shown Luke and my partner Sarah and then randomly the videographer who is shooting Sarah's house to go on the uh, real estate market. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what you working on? He was like, Oh, I got to buy me one of those cameras. So <laughs> he can vouch for the footage. He thought the story was pretty cool too. So did you get that mixed up and send one to me and then the opposite one to him? No, 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 no. He was, (laughs) I sent you the listing, I think. Um, But I, he was in the train, in the train carriage that my partner and I currently live in when, um, yeah, photographing it when I was working on it. And he was kind of like, oh, what you working on? Videographer bro's got to stick together. So (laughs) I uh, showed him a little. Have you have you ever worked on a project like this, like telling a really personal story like Bretto's? Probably not, not on on the level that I am now, and probably not with someone that I'm as close with as I am with Brett. I think we've probably spent a fair bit of time together, yeah, over the last six months. Um, I've done. I did a little project last year with UOW. Um, telling well it was a kind of a mural based project with an artist um claire foxton who i think we all know she's super super talented um and her subject matter is always kind of people of significance not necessarily on a huge level but significant to her Mm -hmm. um and she painted a student uh of uiw who moved from fiji with her family she had some young kids um and her thing was that she wanted to study human rights law so that she could advocate for the people of West Papua. So it was, yeah, an incredibly kind of, I guess, different thing for her to have her face painted on a huge canvas. Um, I think it was like a seven-story building. Wow. Um, And I kind of interweaved her story a little bit into the process um, of the mural being painted. But, yeah, not not like a story focusing just on her like I'm doing with Brett. So it's a bit of a first time thing for me, but it all feels pretty familiar. So yeah. 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 Claire's story is pretty amazing. She's a crazy talented artist. Mm. So that would have been pretty interesting piece. But is this something that you'd want to dive into more like documentary making or? Yeah, absolutely. I've never been super interested in, um, like short films or yeah working in Hollywood or something like that which seems to be what people that study film are into I've always been interested in um, number one advertising and number two docos and telling stories and uh, having the opportunity to shoot this has kind of I guess not tested my skills but kind of helped me understand that I have the skills to be able to pull a story together and um yeah, definitely inspired me to want to do some more. Advertising and docos, they <laughs> seem like pretty polar opposites. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess 
I, I always remember a quote that's like advertising is just the truth told well. So I kind of look at it from that perspective and yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's always stuck with me. <laughs> and what about for you, Bredo, on the other side of the lens? What about Sam? Like what's drawn you to Sam to tell this story? Um, well, I suppose Sam and I have been kind of working together in past just through through work at DP for know, a couple of years now, just kind of bouncing off each other with different projects. And um, you know, he's he's always been good to work with, like pretty pretty laid back. I think we have fairly similar personalities when it comes to kind of approaching whatever project it might be. Um, and everything he's done has turned out pretty awesome. So that's, um, you know, pretty easy to, to go to that. But I, like I said earlier, it's good to be able to, you know, I've, how long have I known you for now, Sam? Probably like five years, I think close to six, maybe. Yeah. Like I'd say in that time, we've got to be pretty good friends, whether it just be through like surfing or whatever, but we've actually got like a bunch of, um, you know, pretty like-minded interests, um, such as like re- retro um, basketball cards that uh, <laughs> <laughs> yellow, but, but it's um, it's it's cool just to be able to do stuff like this with with your mates. Like I think um, you can probably you know attest to this as as an artist and from the artist sense. But working with your mates and being able to put say an exhibition together with people that you're for a a fan of their work and b like you can you know sit back at the end of the day and, and high five and say how sick was that? Like as mates, we'll be able to do that. Mm. that adds that extra sort of element that you know you can look back at the the clip at the end and and just be like yeah that's that's exactly what i wanted to be in in the clip sense but you know i i did it with with one of my mates and like you you both got to get together and and do it i think there's some there's something in that yeah for sure it's kind of like forming a band i guess (laughs) yeah a little jamming off each other yeah i think there's like a level of familiarity that you wouldn't have if say I didn't didn't know Brett and I kind of came in to film him and tell his story I don't feel confident that I'd be able to do it as well I think knowing one another and kind of knowing his approach to his rehab and his surfing and I guess also just knowing him really well as a person helps me because I have that understanding to to tell his story in a way that I know him yeah for sure for sure. Ooh, what was that? Um, for some reason, the MBN runs off a battery, so <laughs> battery's slow. <laughs> right. Thought your dinner was ready. Nah, I'm going to eat a burger after this. I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we might do the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, so out of this whole process that you've gone through, Bredo, you've come down this path of like, the mental health aspect like that's your new profession basically um do you think you, that would have happened if this incident didn't happen no way um it's one one like thing that i've, I've really learned as as a result of a bad situation um and as someone who's been through that for me luck was a big part of it but at the end of the day, I was given more than what was taken away. Um, and not only just in the fact that, you know, I'm still alive and, and I still get to do the things I love, but it's given me a new purpose in which I can kind of use my story, which is a unique one, 
um, and use it to try and help other people. Um, not so much in the way that, you know, it doesn't always have to be the inspirational story of, you know, an obscure thing that's happened to someone and then bouncing back from that. But, um, there were so many things, especially when I was getting sort of educated in the mental health space, so many things that I went through my recovery with that were actually so positive and, and made me realize that I wouldn't have been able to get anywhere with my physical recovery if I didn't have my, my mental state right. Um, yeah. And that kind of comes back to having really good sort of supports, like that support network I had as I was, you know, in hospital in those early days of recovery and then right through my recovery was, was awesome and something I'm forever grateful for. Um, and then just kind of adapting, you know, what I may have had taken away from me, which was surfing at the time and, and putting that into different things that I could use to, to, you know, make me feel good and different things that would make me, you know, give me a reason to get up in the morning. Um, and like, they weren't all huge things. They weren't big lifestyle, lifestyle changes to me. Like the first thing I did that has a, had a positive effect on me was going outside in the sun. And that's, that is a, a research back coping strategy that people can use to help their, with their mental health. And when I look back on that day, when I went outside for the first time, like that was a really pivotal day for me. And it was just something where I was like, Oh, I just need, need to go outside. Cause I think it'll make me feel a bit better. But then I realized from that point forward that, if I was to take care of, you know, my mental health, I would not only um, avoid going down a, a deep dark hole in that aspect, but it would actually help me bounce back from, from my adversity a lot better than, than what I would have if I just did nothing. Um, uh, that, that's where my story and how it links into mental health is, is something that can really help other people. Yeah, sure. The way you handled the whole situation, your positive mental attitude throughout the whole process was easily the most inspiring thing that I've like ever seen. How much is that coming through in the video? Well, I, like I, I remember it happening and being so rattled by it and then just being overwhelmed myself with how much was just out there with people like advocating for Brett mm-hmm. and thinking, wow, man, like I knew he was a good dude. Um, but the support was just so cool to see. So that's kind of always stuck with me. Um, and then now, like, as we've spent more time together and become closer, I think, I think like that attitude towards the recovery, like you mentioned, just getting out in the sun, I feel like that kind of stays the same. Um, but as you're able to do more, like different things impact you, you know, more and more as your journey continues. So yeah. I think at the stage where his recovery is at now where I don't even, I wouldn't even say it's so much recovery anymore as it is just training. Um, it's cool to be able to document like how, how many different things you do that impact you positively. Yeah. You know, it impacts Brett positively. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on it, Bretto. Having that positive mental headspace, how that would impact your recovery and help you, get from A to B way faster and seeing the, the process from the incident till now, like, I, yeah, it's just blown away how fast it was for you to like get back on a board and then start surfing again. And now you're like probably surfing at the exact same level you were before the incident and didn't even, it 
you probably hit that a couple of years ago too, which is just insane how fast you got that back. Yeah, it's um I think a lot of that for me just came down to um I think it all came down to goal setting really. Um the another sort of big time in my recovery was like the first day of physio I had where I just went in and saw um Scotty and he wheeled a whiteboard over and um was like we're gonna write down some goals for the next couple of months and the three you put on there was you're gonna drive again, uh you're gonna go to you're gonna go back to work and then you're gonna surf again. And they they were three really important goals for me, not only because two of them really helped with, you know, my way of life and being able to get back to living, but the third one, surfing, it was, that was something that, you know, the doctors had taken away from me in that they told me from day one that I, I wouldn't be able to surf again. Like they even went to say that I wasn't going to walk again. Um, and when you go through that experience of being told that the thing that you, you love that you've done since you're 11 years old is, is now no longer an option. And then somebody tells you that you can do it. And then you spend the next couple of months just working purely on that, being able to, being able to reach that goal. I think, especially when it came to surfing, that's why I jumped into it so quick. And like at the first available opportunity is because when you're working at that stuff every single day, um, and like you have good days and bad days, but the, you want to start knocking over those goals. And that's something I've kind of carried into, you know, what I do now is I always kind of try and have something that I'm working on, um, whether it be, you know, work related goals or, or just, you know, daily goals could be stuff like doing the hundred K walk, having those things that I can work on. Um, the reasons again, why, like when I wake up in, in the morning and, like there's those little things that just kind of like spark in my brain. Like I can be waking, like waking up half asleep and I'll be like, oh, I've got the hundred K walk. I'm going to get up and go for a run or whatever it might be. Like it's those things for me that um, having those goals in the back of your mind really do kind of push you along. And I think that's, that's part of the rate of recovery is once you get through a goal, it's like, okay, what next? And you, you keep setting those for yourself. And I think that's something like everybody knows goal setting. Um, but I think it's the way in which you set goals for yourself um, and they don't always have to be, you know, these big ones, like those three that Scott put up on the board for me, that was five months of work to get all those, those three ticked off. But, you know, I set myself goals daily, whether it just be, you know, you know setting a schedule for your day and just ticking things off as you go. But everything's important. Like the feeling of moving forward is, is a powerful thing. So you're, you're writing these things down and, like, what's your secret to getting these things done? Um, writing them down is pretty pretty important. I like telling people about them. <laughs> I think the, to hold yourself accountable. Pretty much, yeah. I think that's a, another big part. And that's, again, like having Scott know what my goals were was another thing. Like if I didn't go to physio, for, if I missed like a session, <laughs> then I'd have to go in there and look at him and it'd just be like, you, you look at the, the list of goals and he's just like, <laughs> it's not like a, an over guilt thing but for, for me it's more just like yeah I don't want to miss I don't want to miss you know moving forward for the sake of for me it was it was more just to kind of pay back Scott for being willing to help me through my rehab and and on top of that was like I wanted to make sure my rehab was about the people that kind of reached out for me so like that support network and that support I got in the early stages of hospital that's kind of what my recovery was for um, it was, you know, it was for me so I could have a better life, but 
is to kind of show people that the little amounts of support that you can give, whether it's, you know, just sending me a message or if it's, you know, donating money to a, a benefit so I can spend time in the gym and, and work on that. That was kind of my reason for getting better. And I think that's where that, I, I don't think guilt's the right word for it, but it's, it's that accountability again. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was held accountable for, for everybody that had actually, you know, reached out and shown me support. I think you, um, you have absolutely zero reason to feel any kind of guilt <laughs> and th- what you like what you gave back to everybody that advocated for you along your journey like your story is so inspirational and uh yeah there wouldn't be a single person that helped you helped you out along the way that isn't just completely awe inspired by what you've been able to pull off and yeah hopefully this well, not hopefully, <laughs> this little video is going to just be that little cherry on top that shows exactly what you've been up to. And Yeah, I, I hope so. Hey, I, I have one question. With the, uh, with the doctors telling you that you'd never be able to serve again, was that like the ultimate motivation? <laughs> um, it is kind of, but it, it, that, um, that kind of manifests itself in a weird way because it's something that I it was, it's hard to hear, but you, you kind of have to accept stuff like that if you want to move on in a way. Like it's, I, I think if I was never able to surf again, I would be okay with it in a weird way. Cause I think I accepted that at an early stage. Like I was grateful enough just to, just to be alive that the other things didn't really matter as much. Um, and even though surfing is a huge part of my life, I still think that like even, it's, it's more that process that you go through of, you know, having it taken away from you saying you're not going to do it again. And then you have to come to terms with that to move forward. But then again, once you get that little bit of sniff of, you know, maybe you will be able to do it again. That's what makes the, the hard work easy in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get yeah. that perspective. Yeah. I remember my surgeon telling me that I would never be able to throw again yeah. and, um, obviously not nearly on the same level because throwing is not nearly as important to me as surfing is to you. <laughs> um, I remember like just picking up my t-shirts and stuff and like trying to throw them into the washing basket as like my rehab progressed. And then I was like, Oh yeah, it's getting a little better. But I was like out of the sling way before I was supposed to be out of the sling. And then I was like doing rehab in the gym with Georgie and like, being smart. ass to my physio Casey just being like, no, 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 like when you're about to throw again and they'll both like, all right, kind of put your money where your mouth is sort of thing. And then it got to a point where I was like putting a foam roller up in the middle of the gym as a cricket stump and trying to throw at it. And it looked so bad for so long. It was like real sidearm and I was like hunched over. And then at about the 12 week mark post-op, like got to the point where I could throw and just ping it down. And it was the most satisfying thing ever. So I took it. I took it to my surgeon. and was like, "Here, look at this." <laughs> That's so good. What did he say? He was like, "Oh, can I have this and use it in my teachings?" And I was like, "Oh, incredible!" Feeling like real proud of myself. And then he still charged me 160 bucks for the follow-up, and I was real dirty. Oh, <laughs> you should have charged, charged him to have the video. Yeah, I should have invoiced him. <laughs> Hit him with the reverse card, yeah. the you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that feeling? Like, 
it's that's something that I don't think a lot of people I'll say get to experience. Like it's not something you really want to experience is going through something where you have something taken away from you, but that's kind of where you get an opportunity to grow. Like I don't know how much your like work ethic or your view on sort of what you're doing changed as a result of being able to knock over that goal. But for, for me, like I look at what was such a shit situation and it, like I said, it gave me more than it took away, but it, it was cool just to, yeah, have, have that change in outlook. Like it is that, that kind of story behind it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think for me, it was a little different as well because I kind of gradually lost that quality of, well, not quality of life, but yeah, ability to kind of do things until the point where I couldn't paddle a surfboard anymore without my shoulder falling out or sneeze in my sleep without falling out kind of thing. So I gradually lost it and didn't have it. So I kind of, when he said like, you'll never be able to throw, I was like, well, sweet. I can't even throw now, you know? <laughs> But then I got that sniff and I was like, oh, all the things that he said I couldn't do, I probably can do, you know? So it kind of opens doors that you wouldn't have considered otherwise, I guess. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's I think, I reckon that's powerful. That's something that everyone should. I think everyone has like sort of instances in their life where they will learn something similar to that. Like it's, it's not always going to be on the same scale, but I think everyone kind of needs to have that perspective to be able to look at stuff that they've gone through which is bad and be like yeah you know what I've, I've got through these things in the past you know I, I know what to do to get through them but I know that I can use them as as like a, a learning obstacle and I reckon that's that's something that everyone should be able to use to you know come out of things better there's no greater power than trying to prove somebody wrong as well. I reckon <laughs> if you can take on that mental headspace of being like, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do this. Especially if like, especially if you kind of, if they tell you you can't and you don't really respect their opinion on, on <laughs> yeah. it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like on, on top of that, like there might be some things that people are told that they'll never do again and they can work as hard as they can towards it. And they might not be able to achieve it. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that as well, but that still comes back to the same, sort of, I suppose, like vein of thought is that if you go out there and you do everything that you think you can do to try and get to that point, and I think that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the journey is just as important as the destination if we want to speak in cliches. <laughs> it's, it's a cliche, but the cliches are there for a reason, I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I, well, I mean, I can't really speak because I feel like a shoulder reconstruction is not the same as a shark attack, but <laughs> well, it's not, but they, don't they say everything's all relative, like no matter what anyone's yeah. going through. But, um, yeah, I think cliches become more relevant when you're kind of on a journey like that and you're like, oh, it all makes sense now. For sure. Yeah. That's it. And I think, yeah, cliches come from come from experience really like nobody's just make out there making up cliches <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't mind having to go there needs to be a lot of truth behind them oh, i'll tell you what the grass is always greener that's a good one we should use that <laughs> yeah they do come from from experience and like yeah i think there's there's definitely a place for them there's, there's so call this video the cliche <laughs> 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 nah, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Let's go with Fido. 
What was it? Pyro. <laughs> Definitely not pyrophile. Pyrophile. Py- pyrophytic. 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 We need some clarification on that. Yeah. Anyone's a botanist. <laughs> Crando might be able to help us out. Yeah, actually, I'll send him a message. <laughs> Sweet. Well, um, yeah, that's going to be so sick. I can't wait to see the full thing and we'll um, post up a preview with this pod and keep your eyes peeled and we'll definitely be plastering the vid everywhere once it, once it comes out. When are you thinking of dropping it? Oh, geez, that's motivation enough to get it done. <laughs> I've just been chipping away at it kind of each each morning before work and each night afterwards. Um, I'd like to get it done as, as soon as we can. I think as soon as we've got the footage, I'll have it ready. I'm pretty motivated to edit what I've shot straight away, especially when I'm pretty excited about it. So, Brett, are you going to come up here and get a bit more footy to seal it, seal it off? If we need to. And I've got a weekend to do so, yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, there's um, a bit of surf around, so. Yeah. Might have to. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, boys. Been awesome chatting. And thanks for um, getting us involved in this project. Let's lock it down. Yeah, thanks for jumping on board. And Sam, is this the first podcast you've been on? It is, yeah. I struggled at first. <laughs> I feel a little better now. Good. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry. I struggled through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. All right. Sweet. Good to see you and speak to you, Bretto. Definitely. And you too, Sammy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Let's for having me. Let's get burgers. Yes, that would be great.